<laughs> this is the Vukast. It's a number one. <laughs> After me. It's the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Cruskets Debate Podcast. This is episode number 134, recording on the evening of Monday, the 19th of September. This podcast is all about Nintendo news, releases, general goings-on from an Australian perspective. I'm your host, Stephen Impson, and with me today we have Troy. How are you, Troy? I'm good. Cool. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And we also have Daniel. Are you also good? I am fine and dandy. Cool. Can um, I go back and change my answer? That sounds way better. <laughs> no, it's too late. Oh. You're not allowed to be a copycat. You're getting banned from yeah. university and or high school. Uh, true. Plagiarism. Got to watch out. Um, so, yeah. It's a- but it must suck now, because when I was a kid, we didn't have Wikipedia, but now it'd just be too tempting to copy Wikipedia. Anyway, um, so today <laughs> we're going to start the podcast and talk about the couple of things that have been happening since we last recorded. Um, we will start with... Uh, Troy, who has probably some some of the most exciting stuff, or at least that I'm curious about news for this uh, this episode, all the new Pokemon Go fun stuff. Um, tell yeah. me about the Pokemon Go Plus. I I want to know what it Go does. is back in Pog form. But <laughs> Pogs that you put That's on your wrist. Second joke reference I've had to Pog form today. <laughs> it's the best reference. Um, yeah. So on top of Pokemon Go Plus coming out, you also have the Buddy system. And the biggest thing about the Pokemon Go Plus is that it will track your distance walked in the background. So, oh, wow. it's hatching okay. buddy system, which means you work a sort, uh, walk a certain distance with the Pokemon that you set as your buddy, and you get a candy for it. Wow. So, so do you have to like do anything to, apart from obviously linking it up to start with, do you have to like open the app to start with, like once you start a walk, or you just can just walk around with that on your wrist and you just have every walking step tracked by Pokemon. So I can't tell if it's by design or if it's just still a bit in the buggy stage, but my Pokemon mm-hmm. Go Plus does disconnect from my phone a fair bit and regular. Ah, okay. That's but um, pretty much you connect it in the app, you just tap the little Pokemon Go Plus icon and then you push the button on the Pokemon Go Plus and they just find each other and you can close your phone. It doesn't have to be in the forefront, the app. You can have it in the background and be using Facebook, even. Oh, wow, nice. And if there's a Pokemon nearby, you just tap the button. Pokestops as well. Yeah. Ah, so, it, really, this would just mean all these people carrying around battery packs and battery packs just probably don't need that anymore. You can just sort of have your phone in your pocket and don't really need to, you know, have We're still the using your GPS. Forever. So True. battery drain will still happen, but not to the same extent as it used to be, because it was pretty bad. Yeah, like I've got a giant phone and I still had to bring a battery pack with me just to last more than a couple of hours with that thing running. Yeah, it's definitely pioneered a new industry of uh, portable batteries. <laughs> Clearly. Um, so like Have you the can just basically... Have jumped up at all? No. No, the price is not really. Oh, okay. But the, it's, the demand it's has, there's just been, or at least I remember sort of the week or two after Pokemon Go came out, it was just, you'd struggle to find a battery pack. Yeah, like all the JB Hi-Fi's that I went to, because I was in Sydney the weekend that Pokemon Go first came out, and there was just no batteries anywhere. I was lucky, like I had ordered one like a month ago, just because, oh look, a cheap battery pack on Ozbug, and let me buy that, and then it arrived like two days after Pokemon Go came out, so it just felt like fate was nice 
Yeah. So I ended like up buying a new them... one and giving my old one to a friend. But yeah, uh, Blitz so nice. Plus. Yeah, so like you can track, you can like catch Pokemon without interacting with the phone at all, pretty much? Pretty much. Um, you have to keep in mind, if you go to Pokemon, like it'll buzz with a green light if there's mm-hmm. Pokemon nearby. Okay. If you push the button and it run runs away, that's it. It's that you get one chance. Oh, okay. So, I guess that's to make it so it's not, you know, buzzing on your wrist for 20 minutes straight while you try and catch a... Yeah, that makes sense. An annoying Zubat or whatever, but... Well, it wouldn't even tell you what type of Pokemon it is, would it? No, but if it is a Pokemon that you haven't seen before, it'll flash yellow instead of green. Okay. Okay. But then you, you can't catch that Pokemon on the Pokemon Go Plus. You have to open up the app and then... Oh, okay. So if it's just, just a, something that you've seen a hundred of, you can just sort of tap it, it'll catch or it won't catch, and you just get on with your life. You don't have to sit there throwing balls at another Rattata. Exactly. Huh, that's really I've, neat. I just ignore Rattatas if I see them. I don't need you. Yeah, they're, get they're pretty good for... stuff. Well, yeah, Stardust and Evolving for XP, because I mean, I'm at the point where cause... I need 125,000 to get to the next level. Yikes. Because I'm not super interested in the whole gym side of it, so I just want to get them and power them up and um, or get them and evolve them, and then that's it. I'm only in it for the Pokedex, so it's it's perfect yeah. for me. Um, yeah, no, so really when nice. are you going to America to get yourself a Taurus? Uh, probably never. It's <laughs> for trading. <laughs> or the Farfetch'd is like Japan only or something, and um, I think this, Asia. This is only Europe. Yeah, and we get... Kangaskhan, and I'm getting a lot more Kangaskhan in my area. Apparently, they've upped the spawn rates for some of the more uncommon ones. Yeah, no, Pokemon Go, like, genuinely sounds, or the the Go Plus, it sounds, just sort of I, takes a lot I of the hassle I'd out known, of it. I'd wish I'd known about that, you know, it counts steps in the background, because that would have been super interesting to me. Now I can't surprise. get it. I was, oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I actually like the idea of the buddy system. I mean, I, I used to go on really long walks when the weather was better and not, like, under zero freezing death yeah. temperature. Um, and having something like that, which would just measure my distance walked and then give me rare candy, would would be really helpful. Yeah, um, I guess it would just be I mean, like I, a, a I, Fitbit with Pokemon rewards. Yeah. For sure. And, I mean... I, I've that's something I've sort of been looking for with my walking when I was doing it. It was just I was looking for ways to gamify it, and I've got like a few games in there. One that'll um, let me like evolve a little monster thing while I'm based on the steps I've taken in the, that day, and a few other ones. But something like that is sort of what I'm after with the with the buddy system. Um, and I mean, I have used a bit of it. I stupidly put a Dratini on and then I'm like, oh, yay, I've got to do five um, kilometers. Not knowing that at the end of the five kilometers, I just get a single candy. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah I did work the math. I need to walk 475 <laughs> kilometers to get my Dragonair to evolve. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> well, better get going. <laughs> the shortest one that I've got is a Growlithe. And I need a, only 11 candies, and I get one for every three kilometers, so 33 kilometers. Man, that's... I mean, it's nice that it's a a way to get those candies that isn't catching them again, because it's there are some that I've literally seen once. Yeah. It's, it's not a system that you rely on, it's... But, I mean, with the Pokemon Go Plus, 
then you can sort of, you know, you've just got it casually, you just got it there and it's always getting steps and then you look at, hey, hey, I've got enough now to evolve it. But you do have to manually connect it every now and then. So it's not as passive as I was hoping. And I guess the fact that it actively uses the GPS on your phone, it kind of would, you'd have to be aware of how much you're using it because it's going to run down your phone, as you were saying. Yeah, it will still run down your phone. It's not nearly as bad as having your phone entirely open, but mm. it's still noticeable. This is, I'm completely out of curiosity. I don't know if you've checked, but does it track steps for like, like how your general phone would track steps and keep it in like the Google or Apple Health app or anything like that? Does it have anything where it sort of does general fitness tracking or is it no. specifically Pokemon? I think it's just for Pokemon. But it's yeah. just weird that the background tracking with the Pokemon Go Plus seems more accurate than actually having the app open. It's hmm, curious. Kilometers walked. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that much because Pokemon Go's GPS tracking just feels so messy. Every time I open it, I'm just like for the first minute or so, mm-hmm. I'm like over that side of the park, then I'm on the road, then I'm in the ocean, and then it finds me. And I guess if this... Then it tells you off for being in a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm in bed. I'm just checking it when I... <laughs> When I wake up, <laughs> got to go fast. I sleep so fast. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm a fan of the <laughs> fan of the buddy system. Like it gives you, as you're saying, it's supplementary. It's another little thing to add on to. Like me, I basically only ever used Pokemon Go as a thing to just walk around that I would normally be doing anyway, but get cool little Pokemon rewards. And this gives me what? little candies for my Haunter to maybe evolve into a Gengar when I've walked enough for the next ten years. <laughs> Uh, as a side note on all of that, it's actually worth mentioning that Nintendo Australia have an eBay store where they were selling the Pokemon Go Plus. Yeah, well, that's even more interesting because like it had been pre-sold out at because I think EB were the only place you could buy it, and they had pre-sold out a long while back, I think. But um, yeah, I, do they still have any stock on the eBay store, as far as you can tell? Uh, to your last check, anyway. Have more than ten available. Oh wow! Well, if you want one, there you go. <laughs> Almost 4,000 sold at at the point Wow, where we're recording this, so that's pretty impressive. It's not bad. But Nintendo's going break and broke, and they're going to die and have to go permanently third party. Yeah, they should just go mobile. Oh, wait. Oh, they- <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, that even actually leads a little bit from Pokemon Go, because before we get into the whole Poke- uh, Nintendo mobile thing... At this same sort of Nintendo were at the Apple event that happened just under two weeks ago, which like just as a side note, I watched it in the morning and to just see Shigeru Miyamoto walk out onto the stage of an Apple event and start talking in English. It was like, this is E3 2004 all over again. And I'm in love. I just love it when that man talks English on stage. He's just, he's so wonderful. <laughs> it did come out of nowhere. I remember everyone staying up for the Apple thing. Just because I wanted Apple News and then here's Nintendo. I know, right? Everyone's scrambling to do their coverage of it. (laughs) Yeah, everyone who just thought they could go to sleep. But no, you can't can't go to sleep. Nintendo are here. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I was um, just kind of quite surprised that they, uh, bringing it back to Pokemon, is that they later on, after they talked about our next topic, they mentioned that Pokemon Go is coming to the Apple Watch. And I assume... That'll be fairly similar to the Pokemon Go Plus in how it works. They mentioned that, like, you'll be able to see Pokestops that pop up and see Pokemon that appear. But they did mention that you'd have to pick out or pull out your phone to actually catch them. 
I'll be curious to see if you have to do that for every Pokemon or if it would be like the Pokemon Go Plus where you can sort of tap to catch one that you already have and pull your phone out to catch them if you don't haven't seen them before. I hope yeah. so. Well, I'm just looking through it now. I was actually originally under the impression that it was basically the game running on the watch, like a lighter version. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think it's more of just sort of getting notifications when events happen, pretty pretty similar to the, what you're describing the Pokemon Go from what I can gather. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So it gives you an alert when there's Pokemon nearby. I guess the one bonus it would have is that you can actually see what Pokemon it is, like because it obviously has a bit of room on the screen. Well, it has a screen to tell you what it is as opposed to just a coloured light. Yeah, and I mean, this is just the first iteration of it. Who knows what they'll add? Because mm, it'd totally. be pretty, pretty cool to throw Pokeballs with the little touch screen. It is a touch screen yeah. in Apple Watch, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that would be kind of cool. I, I I don't think they gave an exact time. They said before the end of the year, but I think Niantic are kind of under the pump just getting the game working still and adding all these new buddy features. So I imagine the Watch app is not a huge priority. But yeah, I look forward to it. It's like since Pokemon Go came out, they've seen a bump in the sales of Pokemon games. Oh, totally. Um, and I hope this is sort of how they see their mobile games going forward. As like, we could use these to advertise... Um, our other franchises, our mm. franchises on not like here's a taste. Look, if you like more, why not go over to this sister, the NX, and play the real thing there? And well, I yeah. mean, doing that with Pokemon Sun and Moon would be a masterstroke. Well, it feels I mean, like they're doing that with another franchise. Mm, yeah, that does lead very well into my main sort of topic is that, um, sort of to, to give a little bit of background, basically, Miyamoto came out on the Apple thing. Um, then Bill Trenum was there as well. He didn't do anything goofy, but, you know, Bill Trenum was there and well, he's there's nice. No, there's, there's no donuts for him to steal. Unfortunately, no, Apple, they run a tight ship. Bill? <laughs> Bill? Um, but yeah, no, they basically, they came out and said, surprise, Super Mario Run is going to be a game on iPhone soon and Android later some point, but iPhone soon. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they, they actually, I've been reading a couple of interviews that I, uh, one that was done with The Verge a little bit after, uh, after the actual event and they talked in a bit more detail about their strategy and sort of why they're doing it and things like that. And, um, yeah, they, they spoke with Miyamoto who said that he sort of looked at his, his family, his wife, children, and that they sort of, especially his wife apparently would, they'd get a, a actual specific games system and they'd kind of play it for 10 minutes and get bored. But he saw that uh, his wife was playing a lot of games that were on, on her phone and playing them a lot more than traditional games and just sort of figured there's got to be a lot of people like that, that would really enjoy a mobile specific Mario game and that they would design the game specifically to be enough to attract a new audience of people that like playing games on their phones, but not, challenging satisfying enough to sort of push away a like full console mario game so yeah you're definitely sort of right it it seems like they're doing this as a way to pull people into the nintendo fandom and hope that it translates across to actual sort of bigger individual game platforms and doesn't just keep people on ios i don't think it's just that it's also you know when we were kids you know, you'd get a Game Boy or that would be your first gaming system. But for a lot of kids now, their first gaming system is a, is like their parents' hand-me-down phone or tablet. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, so this is how they get back that younger market because 
Nintendo's always been seen sort of as the kiddie consoles and all that, and now kids aren't really playing consoles or handhelds or, you know, stuff like that. So mm. I guess that's a way for them to re retarget what's always been that, their market. And, I mean, Nintendo sort of relies heavily on nostalgia to sell their products, mm. but for that nostalgia to work... You need to be playing it from a young age. Exactly. Like, they need to sort fans- of re- replant that nostalgia seed in the generation that isn't yeah. really familiar with it. They have a whole bunch of other options and they're taking them generally. I wouldn't say that, the, you know, they've probably been out of the generational loop for only like two or three years. Like, like they, they had it all with the Wii and scary thought the Wii's almost 10 years old. Um, uh, <laughs> um, it's but- the Wii ghost. <laughs> but with the Wii U and the 3DS, even though I think the 3DS is a great system, it had that stigmata of it's not really for kids because of the 3D's bad for their eyes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. The the Wii U has, well, it's the Wii U and we love it. And it's, it's not really for adults because like, adults want gory <laughs> shooters and graphics. Because apparently adults want the Vita, but that didn't work out very well. You've got Bayonetta, thank you very much. How much more of a mature <laughs> game can you get? True. Um, um, yeah, but even then, but, that's a mature game that doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but but going to to mobile helps them target that audience that 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 doesn't need games that doesn't need a console to be their first game system. Anymore. Hmm. I found it um, interesting that in the that interview that we uh, mentioned before, um, apparently this idea of Super Mario Run, the sort of basic one handed game. Was it something that they were working on before they were looking at actually going mobile? Apparently, it was something that they were looking as something to do with a home console game, but then decided it was kind of too simple to really be satisfying on a console, and thought, "Hey, that would work on a mobile phone." And well, so it's we quite the same. It seems like it's actually a Mario game that looks because Nintendo are always well known for making games and hardware that work really well together, mm. and this just looks like. They're just working from the software side, so it looks like a game that they've put a lot of effort into in the software side to make it work on the hardware that someone else has made. Yeah, definitely. I, I, could, I could see this have being a Wii game, because you think of just holding the Wii remote and only using the A button. I guess, but at the same time with most Wii games, you'd have, I don't know, I think if you had just that one piece of control on the Wii, people might think it's a bit too simplistic and kind of... I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's probably why they decided not to go ahead with it. But I yeah. could see them sort of thinking that. And I mean, yeah, definitely. you know, it's like you look at Kirby's Air Ride and how that's all sort of really just one button. Yeah, to that's play true. The game. One thing <laughs> that I saw, I can't remember if it was a video or just images, but they had these amazing images come out a little bit after of showing you can play it with one hand, even while eating a burger. And it just had Shigeru Miyamoto eating a burger while playing Super Mario Run. And Who I just eats love a burger it a lot. with one hand? People that don't it? people that don't have hungry Japs whoppers that need two hands. They must yeah. have smaller burgers I mean, in Japan. Three hands actually, for that one. <laughs> so, so like, I don't play, and I was talking this about this the other day, Stephen. I don't play a lot of mobile games, but the ones I do play, I find are the sort of the ones I can play one handed, like mm. Pac Man um, Two Five Six or Hop. T- uh, what's it called? Hop Tile Hop Light. Um, but then, other than that, the only other things I really play on my mobile, on my um, my iPhone, are like um, tower defense and strategy games because it's the only really place you can get those types of experiences these days. And mm. 
I mean, I think that's the way Nintendo needs to go with their handheld. Make stuff, uh, go with um, mobile. Make stuff that works on a mobile. Don't try and do like a full, full-fledged Fire Emblem because it will just feel too heavy and too clunky. I don't know, maybe people will probably hate me for saying this. Maybe make like a Tower Defense Fire Emblem game. You want something. Tower Defense just, everything. You really want Tower Defense. <laughs> I love I mean, Tower Defense I can't blame games. you. It's a great genre. Because I've, I've always liked real-time strategy games, but they are... You know, even if I play something like um, Grey Goo or whatever on PC, an average game will probably take like an hour. Whereas a tower defense, it's like a quick 10 minute sort of hmm. really bite sized dig- um, digestible thing. And I mean, that's, that's a point. Like Fire Emblem Fates, I haven't finished because it just sort of got a bit too heavy towards the end. But something on the iPhone that I can play in like a quick 10 minute burst while I'm waiting for something else or. I like, feel you know, like a mobile the... Fire Emblem is going to focus on the rock, paper, scissors mechanic more than anything. Because yeah, that, yeah. that's probably the most simplest mechanic. Because I can't of imagine it. that a, like a full fledged RPG with like voiced or text cutscenes to the, to the degree of like Fire Emblem Fates would really work on a phone. But if you distill just the, I guess the interesting parts of how the gameplay works, that could potentially work. How are you describing, I reckon? Yeah. Who knows what'll happen? I reckon they don't um, have to have some social features. Yeah, well, I think they had like um leaderboard sharing and like ghost sharing and stuff, which is sort of once again taking advantage of the platform that it's on. The you know the fact that these things are always connected, they're able to have those leaderboard things constantly sharing between friends, which is something I've. Well, doesn't I want. the leaderboard sync up with your My Nintendo or your Miitomo stuff? I think probably. So. Yeah, I would imagine so. I can't remember the details. I hope it would with your Miitomo, because it, fe- it would feel so stupid for them to have set up this novel little um, sort of social media platform and then not really do anything to follow up with it. Yeah, I no, mean, I, I like I, the idea that... If there's no Miitomo Mies on the NX, I will cry. I want to have my dumb Kirby hat on an actual console. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to integrate it to keep Miitomo alive. Yeah, surely. I think as it stands, it's not really active anymore. Yeah. So I've liked the internet's reaction to this news as well. It's been quite interesting. People whining about, oh, just, you know, it's like people are going, I want Nintendo to be third party. Like, well, now they kind of are. Here is basically a I third wanted. party game. I, I, I wanted them to be making, you know, like a PS4 Mario game. Like, shut up. I mean, I wouldn't say no to Super Mario 3D Vita Land, but also I don't expect it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, yeah, that clearly means we've um, gotten to the end of that topic, unless anyone had anything to, to jump in with. I was one, just one, trying... more slight, one more slightly depressing note for it, though. Um, <laughs> yes. So, the iPhone 7, so so with Mario on that, that's now the most powerful system a Mario game will have been on. Yeah, legit. It's the, <laughs> it's the most powerful system Nintendo has ever used. It's also the second system Mario's been on without a headphone jack. But oh, shut! <laughs> um, <laughs> I just wanted to say the, that. Uh, speaking of the Fire Emblem app, same with Animal Crossing. Apparently, they've been pushed into next year. Oh, okay. Yeah, as part of that I big mean, announcement, that bums me because those are the ones I was looking forward to. Same. I but, wonder if we'll hear more but, about uh, the Animal Crossing one in this November direct. Because I was thinking about what could even be in that, but I guess the Animal Crossing mobile thing might work. I wonder if they're just going to port New Leaf over. Because oh, it seems man. like they want to keep that active. Can you imagine the tears? Like oh, tears yeah. of joy and tears of salty sadness. It'll be Animal Crossing Federation Force. 
Oh my! Word. I don't <laughs> think they will because they're doing a refreshed push for Animal Crossing on the 3DS this year with the update to it, and then re-releasing like a new bundle that I think comes with some amiibo cards and all the extra content. So I think that's exactly why they, if they do a Animal Crossing Mobile, if they do a port of that, it's just kind of because anyone on the 3DS that was slightly interested in it probably already has it. I think mm. most people would have Animal yeah. Crossing on the 3DS, but releasing it onto a new platform, because I don't think the Amoeba have sold well. Um, did we mention what we thought about the actual game? Which one? How it looks. So oh, Super Mario, Mario Run. Run. Um, yeah. I'm genuinely <laughs> kind of excited for it. It looks... I mean, basically, it looks like Rayman Jungle Run with a Mario skin, but Rayman Jungle Run is basically my favourite mobile game, so I'm okay with that. I mean, I enjoy um, Infinite Runners, like, you know, um, Rainbow Unicorn and Monster Dash, so... I'm just glad yeah. we got Mario stickers for mess- iMessenger. That's, that's my favourite thing. I can just put pipes and faces on all of my friends' messages. Yeah, that makes me salty. Where, I, where, where do I find these? <laughs> R.I.P. Android users. <laughs> Where do I find these? Um, I'll send you a link. We'll put a link in the show notes, actually, because everyone needs to know about this wonderful just development in mobile communication technology. Speaking of... um, Let's go on a break. We'll come back in a moment. All right. So we're back. Uh, so we're going to talk about... Um, I love your intro school. We're I'm, back, yo. Hello. I'm glad. I just, just roll with the punches, man. Um, so we're going to talk about some, I guess, newish. I guess they're new to Nintendo releases that have come out just recently. They're all sort of indie focus that Daniel's been playing and... Daniel's the only one that's been playing them, so hopefully he can talk about them. Um, so where do, you, <laughs> where do you want to start? With uh, Nuitu Love 2 Devolution or Futuridium? Um, start with Futuridium because it's probably the one I've got the least, least less to talk about. Um, so Futuridium, what's the full title of it? I should have checked this before I actually started talking. Um, Gosh. It's, it's, it's actually like a game that's been out on other systems for a while, because I'm mm. sure I saw... You know Limited Run Games? Yes, yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw that they released this uh, retail for Vita. Apparently uh, it Limited came Run out Games. on PS Vita on September 2014. So there you go. So yeah, You just got factored. Futuridium EP Deluxe. Now, it's also... This is worth noting. It's new 3DS only. Um... And and Wii U, and if you buy it on Wii U, you get it like cross buy. Oh, that's nice. That's a thing. That's a thing. People other than Nintendo know they can do. <laughs> yeah. Virtual console thieving bastards. Um, <laughs> it's it's sort of, I guess, it's like a Star Fox space flying game. Okay. Um, and but not it's it's very super arcadey. Like each stage is you'll just have this sort of like trench run, I want to say, sort of in front of you. Yeah. You have like these squares you have to shoot and then you shoot the 
the cubes, squares that you need to, and then you go to the next stage. And then it's just like a bunch of lots of little stages placed together. And I guess it's more, I guess the more, more of the appeal of the game is like the visual styles that sort of. Yeah. I was actually going to mention, I've, I'm just watching the trailer now and holy crap, that looks like gorgeous. I don't, yeah. I don't know how well um, that Res- translates to the 3DS screen, but in high def, this looks incredible. It's, yeah, incredibly fine. I mean, I've, you know, it looks really good, you know, the stereoscopic 3D. Um, oh, yeah, that would actually make uh, it even cooler because it's a lot of, like, flying directly into the screen. So 3D would work really well, I think. Yeah. Um. It's sort of, oh, okay. So I was just looking up some more details on it. Um. I was trying to think of what it reminds me of because, as I said, each stage is sort of just this little sort of almost trench run, Star Wars mm. trench run, like a ship sort of thing you're flying over. There'll sometimes be cannons that are shooting at you that you need to dodge. Um, but you can also sort of just quickly turn on the spot to go back and get any of uh, missed. Um, and it reminded me of an old game I used to play on the Commodore 64 because I'm that old. Are um, you going to called s- Iridium. Oh, no, that's not what I was thinking of. But maybe that's why it's called Futuridium. Yeah, and it apparently is a homage to that. I'm like, oh, oh nice. cool, awesome, makes sense. Um, so it's it's, I I haven't, I don't know what it is. It's not super grabbing me, but I can see the appeal of it. It looks like something but, you could kind of play and just sort of zen out to, maybe. Like you can just sort yeah, of and get into the zone. It's got this nice sort of trance um, soundtrack. I think that's why, like, you know, it feels like you know a bit of a combination of Star Fox, the old Uranium game and res and it's got a sort of all that coming together and it's is super relaxing and but then there's it was also like chasing high scores trying to get level like if you get a level done under a certain time you earn a medal um and like i got up to a stage today and i couldn't exactly figure out how to get it but because of the way the game works once you die and lose all your continues you're straight back to the beginning of the whole sort of game ah so sort of um, back to that arcade sort of route yeah yeah, and I don't know. I think how much is it on the 3DS eShop? It's only like thirteen dollars, and if you get that okay. at Crossbite, it's not bad. It's you know, as with all of my amazing reviews, it's an incredibly fine and decent game. <laughs> there are <laughs> lots no of very okay it. games on the eShop. <laughs> yes, I just um, watched the trailer as well. It actually, reminds me of this game I used to play called I don't know how to really say it. Ah, a reckless disregard for gravity. Oh, I know that one. I didn't play it much, but I know of it because it has a ridiculous name. Yeah, well, that that was all base jumping. So you're jumping down, but you you don't really. I guess it's the same. You're sort just of thing moving from a forward, perspective in the different. Yeah, and you're just collecting things and the abstract shapes and everything. It just really reminds me of that. It's a really nice style. Yeah, um. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I don't, I, I kind of wish I'd put more time into it, because I do, you know, I can, it's one of those games where I'm like, this is actually a really good game, and if I could get super deep into it, I know I'd like it, but I've sort of also been distract, distracted lately playing a lot of Monster Hunter and um, Digimon on the Vita and avoiding playing Dragon Quest Six. What is this, um, the Vita podcast? Oh, I can go on about my Vita. Um, <laughs> it's sort of like my main handle at the moment. Um now, the other one I want to talk about is called... Now, have we figured out how to pronounce this yet? Noituo Love, or... Um, I mean, I guess Noitu, but I don't think it's a real word, so... Noitu? 
I mean, considering noise, yeah, palindrome, yeah, maybe. So this is actually a really super old PC game. Um, it was actually one of the first sort of indie PC games I found out about and bought. When you know that that there was a time when there was no sort of indie movement at all. Yeah, so like this and is around the same time as like Aquaria and like the WiiWare was cave, just sort of starting cave up. Story. Yeah, yeah. Um I think what well, it was originally released in 2008. So it's like 8 years old now. Um I did buy it on PC many years ago. Played it a lot and really enjoyed it. The way it worked then was I think you control move your character using the WASD and then you sort of aim and fire using the mouse. Mm, yeah, um, I do remember. Your character I've, will fly over there and attack I've it. played it a little bit and it reminded me of this ancient, I don't know if it was freeware, but a game that I used to play at high school when no one was looking called Soldat, which was just basically everyone just sort of go into this little... 2D Worms-esque area, and yeah, you just sort of have them move around with WASD and shoot with the mouse. Um, I'll finish. Uh, continue. <laughs> um, fun fun little fact, though, is this is actually the sequel. There was another one just called Naruto Love, um, which I've never played, but it looks like a very much more basic version of this. Um, whereas, like, like the you know, it doesn't have the... I think one of the most striking things about Naruto Love 2... Devolution, is it? Yes. Um, is just how gorgeous it looks. It's got a really great sort of 32-bit treasure-esque looking art style. The gameplay is very treasure. Um, yeah, I do like you know, the look of it. It looks, as you're saying, it looks 32, like 16, 32-bit without the limitations of it. Like it has the artistic style, but it doesn't have the limitation of the amount of sprites on screen or yeah. frame rates going but, um, crummy. <gasps> What's his name? Paul Robertson? That's a name. Who's that? You know, the the uh, the, oh, the guy who did like the sprite work for the Scott Pilgrim game, and then he's done like oh, okay. a lot of music videos and, and stuff. Um, it's got a bit of a feel of that. Okay, uh, his stuff. Um, I'll have to look him up. So, I mean, the 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 way the game works is you've got your little character. There is a story, but I'm just not paying attention. I just want to <laughs> beat up robots and play the game. Um, you control with the D-pad or the circle to move your sort of character around. And then you do... Oh, and then you've got the triggers for jumping. Okay. And then you attack enemies using the stylus. So it's one of those games where you're playing, holding one hand, moving the D-pad, and then using the stylus. And with that, you get the usual sort of cramping problems that... Mm. Like trying to hold up a crime. system with the same hand that you're D- yeah. like, uh, stylusing with. It's not just that. It's also because the 3DS is sort of... You've got limited space to hold on to it. So, like, the 2DS is kind of fine for those style of games because you've got a lot more surface space yeah, to true. hold on to the back with. Um, whereas the DS is a bit more cramped and tight. And it's, yeah, it's the same sort of problem Kid Icarus Uprising had. Like, great game, but just sort of hampered a little by the controls. Um, and that's probably the only big problem I'm having with it is... It, it's great for in short bursts, but... I think I got up to like the third or fourth area today and then I'm like, yeah, I need to put this down because my wrist is starting to get really sore. And yeah. um, So I guess moral of the story is to dig out that little stand that you got with Kid, Kid Icarus Uprising and use that to play uh, Noi 2 Love 2 Devolution. Well, the other thing is that it is much like Futuridium, this is cross-buy. So if you get the um, 3DS version, you apparently get the Wii U version. Oh, nice. Um, 
That's a nice and trend. I could, yeah, and, and the Wii, the Wii U version, because this was actually originally announced as a Wii Wii game many, many years ago, and it never sort of happened. But it's on Wii U, and you can play it using the Wii Remote and Nunchuck. And I could see that working a lot better because again, using the Nunchuck to move around and jump, and then you're just pointing at stuff using the pointer. Um, like pointing at enemies you want to attack on or like swiping with it to do hmm. your side dash attack or the jump. Um, I guess, yeah, the fact that you get both versions, you can try each one out yeah. and then if if people find it's great on the 3DS and more power to them, but I guess you've got the Wii U version there as well as a, as a fallback if you don't want to cramp your hands or if you get hand cramps. Um, but, I mean, you know, I, you know, me, I'm a handheld guy, but now I'm sort of mm. like... I'd rather play this on a console because I just think the controls would be better. But that's it. It looks fine on the DS. All the action's on the bottom screen, so there's no stereoscopic 3D, which is uh, uh, kind of annoying because I was, you know, look, looking at this great sprite work, I'm like, oh, that would look great if it was just sort of popping off the screen. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's a super fun game. It is like one of those sort of almost forgotten early indie pioneers because, you know, I think like Cave Story, everyone knows about that. Um, Aquaria... I think sort of gets a bit of knowledge. I think people like, know about yeah, that no one... because it's sort of partly from the guy who did Spelunky, but at the same time, yeah. if you say Aquaria, a lot of people will just not know what that is. So, yeah, there was this kind of lost time before indie was cool, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, stuff like this got lost. And um, I'd say de- definitely check it out. It's a super fun game. Um, the soundtrack is just to die for. Like, just... I don't, I don't. I think it may have just been made by one person, um, and yeah, cool. You should check it out. It's. I'm not going to do the good dog joke because <laughs> it's played out at this point. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, well, I guess that's that. Unless there's any more to add, any other fun games that we've been playing? Not me. I've been no. There's been a ton of really good stuff out recently that we just sort of, you know, for all we talk about mobiles in the first half, there's been like. You know, Jotun Valhalla edition. I need to check out Dragon and... Quest Seven. Yeah, oh, God, <laughs> I need to finish six first. Well, one day we will have some talk about Dragon Quest Seven, maybe. But until then, we're going to go on a quick break. And so, hey, we're back. We're just going to finish things off after that roller coaster of emotion that was talking about indie games. Um, so, yeah, to finish things off, we're, uh, we've got the just going to give a bit of a roundup of what's been going on on the actual site recently, uh, apart from the regular news and reviews that are just always there because we're always up to date with things like that. Um, we've got a bargain thread for Dragon Quest Seven. If anyone wants to, to grab that, you can find the cheapest way to find it. Um, th- Hopefully might have some talk about that next episode once my copy arrives. Maybe, if we're lucky. We can only hope. Um, we've got some uh, eShop updates uh, uh, with many thanks to our wonderful Troy, I believe, who is still doing those. Uh, Vuk did the last one. Oh, thanks, Vuk. I don't um, know I've gotten away from the last pet. one. 
Yeah. Um, and what else do we have? We've got the uh, we've got the Discord, which is still still happening, still a thing. Any new Discord news to to speak of, Troy? We're getting close to a hundred members. Man, like we're only I think less than twenty people away from a hundred. And I swear, back in like the forum days, we never even got that many people. So hooray, new communication methods. We had several thousand registered members at one point. Oh yeah, but <laughs> regular posters, no registered members. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah the Discord jump in, thing. Talk, find some people to play with. I think there's lots of talk about tournaments for Smash Brothers and Splatoon around Australia. Oh, that's exciting. So yeah. As per usual, I'll chuck the link in the show out. notes. Yeah, you can just look. Hopefully it'll be a good read. place to hang out when the NX is announced in the next two weeks, right? <laughs> yes. Wink. In, in the, it, it's a fun place to hang out <laughs> for directs. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's Discord. Um, if you're interested in the stuff that we are all individually talking about, uh, you can find Troy on Twitter. Where can we find him on Twitter, though? At Stew Review. And what about Daniel? Worthintendo, W-O-R-T-H-I-N-T-E-N-D-O. And you can find me at Stephen Impson on all the social bitty bits and pieces. Um, and you can f- or, in, hmm? or you can find Stephen deep in your heart. I mean, that's always- just a given. I don't uh, think you're really a qualified surgeon, so that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played Trauma Center. I'm qualified. <laughs> Um, and if you're curious, Vooks.net is on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube. Uh, it's at V-O-O-K-S-D-O-T-N-E-T. And the actual site is Vooks.net. It's like books, but with a V. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for, for this episode. So I will bid everyone goodbye. Um, so, yeah, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>